This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. I'm really excited because we have Sylvia Hayes here with us this morning. She's going to be giving us our message. And Sylvia is, I consider her a very dear friend of mine. And she's somebody who is on her way to becoming a Unity minister. She's about midway through the program, right? A little more than midway, and so she's she's really been working hard at this. And I, she's the author of "When Life Blows Up: A Guide to Peace, Power, Power and Reconstruction, Reinvention." Reinvention. Okay. <laughs> uh, at any rate, she's. I've I have watched this woman move through the process that she writes about in the in the book and the spiritual power that she is harnessing today is so amazing and and so i know that you're going to really benefit from her message today and her presence in our community so Thank you, Sylvia, for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, and I just want to welcome all of you. We, we are a welcoming community. That is a huge part of who we consider ourselves to be. I'm, I'm so excited because this week we start a group. It's, it's not us, but we're providing the space for a group of LGBTQ and questioning kids in middle school. So if you know somebody in that population, let, let us know about it because there's space in the group. But that's, that's just an example of who we are. We want to welcome you. No matter how you show up in the world, you belong here because we know the truth that we are all one. There are no outsiders here. And we celebrate that. So let's celebrate it together by saying our mission statement. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. So let's take that into song with Soul Shine. Since this is indeed a holy place, it is indeed holy now. More importantly, holy I am. Holy, holy, holy I am, I am. Sing with us, holy, holy. Power to change the world. Hey. 
puts me into such a space of reverence and power and I'm excited I'm excited for to be here this morning with all of you and let's let's just move it into celebrations right now with Claire good morning unity family oh wait 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 there we go that's a look I was going for little heart sunglasses so let me see. Now I, can, now I can read all of our celebrations this morning. We got some good ones, and I have my Zoom camera on. So hi, all you people on Zoom. Good morning. Um, let's see. All right, Derek Jacobson. He, like right after I posted on Facebook asking for celebrations, he was on this. And guess what he's celebrating? This thing, his most favorite thing in the world, his beautiful wife, Lisa. He's celebrating her. Nothing specific. He's just celebrating everything about her. So excited about that. Let's see. Terry Sandusky is celebrating. Now, I had to ask Jane what this was because I was not familiar with this. Finishing her nine-star key readings for 2021. Um, Apparently, she is an astrologer. And, um, and that's every year you do your readings to know what, what the year is bringing. She also runs Bend Health Guide, and so she's been working hard, and it's getting ready to launch up on YouTube um, later this week. So congratulations, Terry. And then I am super excited to hear from Holly Simonette. She um, is a member of Unity but now lives in Texas, and she is celebrating moving to the Texas Hill Country they bought a ranch out there, and she's shared a picture on Facebook. Her husband is building her a fiber arts studio. She's an amazing um, fiber artist and is super excited about having a space to work because she's been living out of an RV. So it'll be nice for her to be able to spread out and really get creative. Laurel, hi, Laurel. 
Laurel is, I'm celebrating that Laurel is about to become a new member, but I'm just, I, that's a little spoiler alert. Um, but her celebration is actually that she has been working on a new product launch for the past year and a half, and it is about ready to launch. So congratulations, Laurel. Way to go. And then Nolan Finch, if you guys know, that is Dave's son. Dave Finch, our amazing piano player's um, son. But he had travel baseball tryouts early this morning. He told me when I got in here at 9.15, he said, I've been up for three hours. He already has done baseball tryouts, hit six home runs, and way more than anyone else. And so I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to get on the team. So we are super. Congratulations, Nolan, on that. And then Mita wanted to celebrate. She has a big event coming up later this week. She is having a movie date night with her six-year-old grandson, Caden. And they're going to watch a movie and have popcorns. Do you know what movie you're watching? Oh, maybe Batman. A Batman treasure hunt. Wow, way to go, Grandma. So, and then I wanted to celebrate... Um, the health and wellness team, Donna Wolf, Donna Benjamin, and Susan, Suzanne Landry, they work, these guys work super hard. And if you guys have not attended one of the Sunday evening classes that they do, well, tonight's your night. Because guess what? Kevin and I are doing a class tonight on the five love languages. And if you do not know what the five love languages are, it's, it will change your life and your relationships. Now, this is not only a thing for couples. Because you can use the five love languages on everyone in your life that you love and just want to have a better relationship with, with kids, with grandkids, with friends, um, with parents, and annoying roommates. Yes, you need to figure out what, what Eric's love language is, or he needs to figure out what yours is so he can, he can be better, um, a better roommate, Vanessa, and improve on that. So that's at 6.30, 6.30 tonight, uh, and we hope that you guys can join us. Log into that. All right. And as you know, we have been really promoting the annual meeting because we really, really want to encourage everyone to come. It is when? February 21st at 1130 a.m. And the past couple weeks, we've had a mascot. The first, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had the snowman, but he melted. Last week, we had Zeke. And then this week, we have someone new. And here's a little behind-the-scenes footage of what this preparation looked like. Okay, so we had the snowman melted... And then Zeke, was, who was holding the announcement last week, he said, I don't want to do it again. He's only going to do it one time. So now I'm stuck with you having to do this. So I don't have much to work with, but I'm going to try and figure this out, Jane. So let's see. Okay, first, let's try. What if we do like this? Okay, hold, hold this sign, and let's see. No, 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 not good. Okay, let's try. Let's try something else. How about, how about this? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think that's a good look. No. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it's tea time. No, 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 no. Okay, here we go. Here, I think this is going to be it. This is going to be it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with this look. So now I need you to hold the sign. Okay, and look at the camera. 
All right, now you're not about to get your mug shot taken, so let's add, how about a little smile? No, that's like one of those fake, like, kid smiles. Like, put some energy into it. You're, like, this is going to be the best meeting ever, and people really need to come. Perfect. That's a wrap. Yeah, I don't have much to work with. Claire, you're so funny. You're so creative. I love it. And I know that everybody has got that meeting date and time ingrained. February 21st at 1130. Be there. So we're going to move now into prayer. And I guess step two is look at your calendar and see what day it actually is. <laughs> so today on the way over, I was listening to the news. And sometimes the news can be very depressing. Um, more often than not, it can be depressing. But in unity, what, what we know is that good is happening all the time because However we think of God, it is good, and it is everywhere present. And so one of the challenges I offer to all of us is to pray the news. Don't listen to it and get yourself all depressed. Don't buy into what you are hearing as reality, but take it up a notch. Take it up and remember the truth. Everything is holy. And holy is not just sacred, but whole, W-H-O-L-E. Everything is whole and holy now. So when you hear about the people who are struggling to get vaccines because they fear for their health, think about how the truth is they are already whole and always whole. No matter what happens, whether they get coronavirus or they don't, whether they recover or they don't, they are whole because they are an outpicturing of the divine. And that is true for each one of us. One of the, one of the people that we are praying for right now as a community is, is a baby who is having difficulty with, with nursing and not taking in the nourishment that she needs. And we are holding her as whole, as able, not as broken. We see her nourished and growing, and her parents as confident, and they are all wrapped in love. She is whole and holy now. We hold all of the people in our personal lives, all of the people that we hear about on the news that are struggling, all of the people that are, are in fear for their finances. We, we just deny the idea that the material realm is truth. It is a truth, but it is not truth with a capital T. And we know the miracle power of prayer by just holding the knowing 
that all is well, all is whole. We just hold that and we move into song to affirm it as truth. going to just go into a meditation now for a few minutes before we talk a bit about life miraculous. So taking a moment, even expanding that beautiful prayerful energy, focusing in on our essence, the center of us. And in this present moment, this holy instant of right now, which is where all of life is lived, focusing on wholeness and holiness, feeling that within ourselves, and all around sensing sensing the truth opening to miracle sensing the oneness and for just a minute or so hold on to this feeling of oneness, of wholeness, and holiness within and without in a, in a moment of silence.
Now breathe in a deep, centering breath. Breathe into and through wholeness as we bring our attention back into the physical place that we each are in. Well, good morning, Unity Central Oregon. It's great to be back here in the sanctuary, even though we're all distanced out. I've missed this place. You know, it's hard for us as humans to sit in the space of, I don't know, or I don't know what's going to happen. We're taught over and over and over that we need to figure things out. We need to learn how things work. And in our Western culture, this Western culture, worldly knowledge is so highly valued. And we are trained over and over to, to take in that knowledge, to name things and to categorize and to label. And um, we're also in this culture flooded with the push to compare, to compare ourselves with others, to compare things. And we're, we're driven to that through the marketing machine and through the religions of materialism and capitalism and consumerism. And we're given a super structured picture and definition of what it means to be rational, And yet, for many of us, when we sort of spark into a higher awareness of ourselves and everyone else as spiritual beings, often that societal programming is a bit of a rub. It doesn't fit so well with us anymore. My formal education was largely science-based. I got a couple of science-based degrees, and in that environment, you are just really trained that you never end with the outcome of I don't know. In addition to that, prior to my college education, I was raised in a family that had strong opinions. And when one of us wasn't moving our lips, we weren't actually listening. We were reloading. We were getting ready to defend that preconceived opinion. I think it's natural human nature to want to learn, to want to know things, and I think it's a nearly universal human condition to want to be right about the things that we know. The challenge is, in this realm, so often what we think we know to be true turns out not to be true. And I want to share a story. Um, I promise I won't get grisly with this, but when I was nine or ten, I was in I was, uh, I was in the car with my mom and dad in the front, my little brother and I in the back. It was a little Datsun B210 car, and it was a dark, really rainy Friday night. We, were, we lived way out in the country, and we were headed into town to have dinner with the people who would be my non-DNA grandparents for most of my life. And so we were on a very dark, no-lighting um, country road, and if you looked, if I, from being in the back of the little car, if I looked, leaned over and looked between my parents' shoulders, I could see the road ahead. And for some reason, I just did that. And the instant I did that, I could see a car coming out of the dark right at us, no headlights on. 
And my dad whipped our car off the road, and then it just sounded like a bomb went off behind us because that car hit the car right behind us, and it was grisly. What was the point of that story for this talk is that the three of us that saw the car coming, my mom, my dad, and myself, we all at first swore that it was the dark car. There was a white car and a dark car involved. And at first we were sure it was the dark car. But once police arrived and we, everybody started to, pe- to piece out the story, it was just the opposite. And it turned out that it was actually the light car. It just didn't have any, any headlights on. And to this day, I now see the light car. But at that moment, I thought it was the dark car. And that really made an impression on me because it, it got me to question more at that relatively early age my senses. Am I, am I always seeing what I think I'm seeing? Have you ever known something, known something, only to realize at some point later that it's just not true? So despite or perhaps because of my this-is-how-it-is upbringing, I, I felt like I could always sense something in the margins, something that was grander and, and more and richer than what I was always being told was true. It was kind of like I could see little flickers of magic in, in the edges, and it really intrigued me, even though my rational mind didn't talk much about it. Well, what I'm learning now, as I'm perhaps becoming more irrational, is that the more we look for magic, the more we open to it, the more it flows to and through in us and around us. And I, and I want to make a distinction. When I'm talking about magic, I'm not talking about something outside of reality. I'm not talking about being reckless and you know, giving up on on a, on a hold in this material world, I'm just talking about opening up to the enchantment that reality is so much more than what we know with our five physical senses. Virtually every major world tradition, or world religion, excuse me, has a mystical element. They're the Christian mystics. Sufism is the mystical uh, aspect of Islam. Certainly, our, most of our indigenous um, cultural traditions, spiritual traditions, all tell us that there's so much more to this, this go-around, even to this human part of our journey, than what we normally notice. And I also want to clarify, I'm falling more and more in love with the term mystic and mysticism, and I want to clarify that that doesn't mean spooky or hidden or esoteric. It actually comes from the root word mist, M-Y-S-T, which, which means to close the lips and the eyes. Mystics are, are those of us who don't necessarily need a priest or a church to get to our spiritual truth. We're the ones who kind of like to go more into the quiet and let, and let truth come to us. Now, some of you may know that I am a, a deep student and now teacher, or at least host, of A Course in Miracles, which has so profoundly improved my life. It's almost impossible to, to explain. And for those of you who don't know, every first and third Wednesday evening, I host a, um, a Course in Miracles study group. It's really... It's really a study group. It's a chance for us to dig in together to this rich, rich body of work. 
Two of the many core teachings in a course are that we are not just these physical bodies and that our body's eyes are not what give us true sight. The course makes a difference between sight and vision with a capital V. And it teaches that reality actually really only occurs at the level of spirit. So think about this through the quantum physics lens, which I just find fascinating. All matter is made up of atoms, and atoms are 99% empty space. If you hold your hand up in front of you and look at your hand, it is 99% empty space. Now, I know that that is very hard to grok. It's very hard to get the human mind around that. But it's so cool if you think about it. And what does that mean for sight? So famed physicist um, uh, David Bohm explained that the things that we think we see, it's actually connecting rays of light that are moving back and forth, it's energetic, and then it kind of freezes into a pattern. And we see pattern after pattern after pattern, but it's actually not solid. It's all empty space. I think it is so cool to live at a time when high science and mysticism are meeting. Even our bodies, which certainly feel solid, aren't. Our stomach lining is replaced every five or six days. Our outer layer of our skin is new every few weeks. Six months from today, you won't have the same lungs that you have right now. It's all moving. It's all, it's all space. The Course also teaches that a miracle is not something outside the laws of physics. It's not, it's not some magical experience. It's actually a correction in error thinking. It's an alignment with a diviner truth. The Course also teaches that if miracles aren't just flowing through our lives, we're a little out of whack. There's another piece in the course that I have found incredibly helpful, and it teaches us to unlearn. It teaches that a couple of the most powerful statements we can make are, I don't know, and perhaps there's another way to look at or think about or feel about this. It, It gives us tools to choose another lens. Now, earlier this winter... I was very worried. For the first time in all my many years in central Oregon, the hummingbirds didn't migrate from my yard. And it was getting colder, and I still had hummingbirds. And I'm nature girl, so I'm very concerned now that they had missed their their migration window. And every morning I would put out unfrozen sugar water, you know, and just hope. And then we had our real cold spell, And I was really worried about them. And hummingbirds do go into what they call a torpor. It's kind of like a a hibernation where they can really slow their metabolism down. But when they come out of that, they're ravenous. So I was concerned, and we had that cold snap. And then I had to go out of town for a while. I wasn't there to replace the frozen sugar water. And good gracious, I didn't know what I was going to find when I got back. Well, I got back. The next morning, I'm out meditating in my little hot tub. I've, I've replaced the sugar water, and there's the hummingbirds again. They're fine. So in that moment, I decided to, to stop worrying about them 
and just celebrate them. And maybe to believe that they were there to give me extra joy in this crazy winter that we're all having. I chose miracle-mindedness. So one of the, I'm going to share three steps, really, that, I have, that I'm finding useful in more often getting into miracle-mindedness. And the first one is unlearning. It's what I now call radical humility. It's the ability to take that, that I don't know or who knows attitude to a deeper level. A few years ago, I had the, the great good fortune to be able to go to a Seattle Seahawks game. That's one of my guilty pleasures are the Seahawks. Um, and we, my, my, my partner, my life partner and I, we got to go at a VIP package because a friend of ours was on part of the medical team for the, for the um, Seahawks. So we were down on the, fleet, on the field, got to go into the lounge, got to watch the players warm up, all of that. My older brother lives in Seattle, and he is somewhat physically and cognitively differently old. And um, I thought, how cool for him. He, he doesn't get out much. And so I was able to bring him to this experience, which turned out to not be very good for him at all. It was way too loud. It was overwhelming. He wound up going back inside the lounge and basically sleeping through the entire game. When we got ready to go, however... It was an absolute traffic jam nightmare down there. We couldn't even get back to our car. We never would have been able to get the car out of there at that point. My brother doesn't drive. He hasn't for years. He gets around Seattle on bus, foot, and bike. So he took the lead. He knew exactly how to walk us from Quest Stadium, I think it was at the time, down a route that would get us out of the traffic and get us back up to the hotel without having to climb all the big hills. He, at that point, had a skill set that was better suited to those conditions. We also tell ourselves that animals are lesser than humans, but the truth is they have mind-blowing abilities and capacities that we don't have. So radical humility is the ability to move through life more from an expectation of finding and witnessing the talent and the, and the magnificence of everyone, of ourselves and everyone we interact with. You know, perhaps my hummingbirds at some level, my hummingbirds, at some level just knew that we were going to have a mild winter. And they could hang out here and drink my sugar water and eat bugs and be fine. Maybe they, they just knew. Another, another key piece of miracle-mindedness, and the, and the course is really strong on this, is the, is the concept of getting above the battlefield or noticing when we're creating a battlefield that doesn't need to be there. If you tie a tin can, I'm... I'm, I'm don't ever try this at home. If you try a tin can to a dog's tail, the dog will run around, usually, freaked out and terrified, not realizing it's making its own terror. And if it just stops, the terrible situation, the terrifying situation goes away. We so often do that to ourselves. And there's actually a whole section in the course called Above the Battle, Battleground, and I want to read just a little section from it. Be lifted up and from a higher place look down upon it, upon the situation. 
From there, will your perspective be quite different? Here in the midst of it, it does seem real. Have you, here you have chosen to be part of it. Here, murder is your choice. Yet from above, the choice is miracles instead. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and can be easily escaped. That right there, that above the battlefield um, teaching has helped me so much more readily when I am upset be able to step out and say, is this a battle I really need to engage? Am I just sacrificing my peace here when I don't need to be? And by the way, if I find anybody doing the tie the thing to the dog's tail, there will be a real battlefield. I'm just, I'm just laying that out there. <laughs> the final piece I want, I want to share today is um, the final piece of miracle-mindedness that I'm finding useful is the concept of reclaiming our child mind. You know, Jesus advised, truly I say to you, unless you choose and change and become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, unlike what I was taught as a little child, is not some place up there in heaven. It's a state of consciousness. It's a place that we can get to even right here in this human part of our journey. It's a place noted for peace and joy and ease and abundance. And it is our birthright. But we, don't, we, we start to forget that so readily. You know, if you think about it, this is what I think Jesus was, was, was getting to. All little children unless they're in terrible circumstances, they all have a natural expectation of being cared for. They have a natural expectation of everything's just going to work out miraculously. They know that they are dependent upon some higher power. At that point, it's their you know, caretakers. And they're totally cool with that. The concept of getting into our child mind is not a lessening or a letting go of knowledge or whatever. It's actually a reclaiming of knowing our natural state of being supported by universe, God, source, whatever, whatever it is that we think of, by this greater spiritual reality that is all around us. So radical humility, which includes unlearning, getting above and certainly not creating unnecessary battlefields, battlegrounds, and reclaiming our child-mindedness are really powerful practices um, for being in miracle-mindedness. You know, the Course says that miracles arise in the mind that is ready for them. Enchantment is all around us. The question is, are we going to choose an enchanted lens? A couple of weeks ago, I uh, went out to Tumalo Reservoir to go for a hike out there. For some reason, that place has always felt fairly sacred to me, even though it's kind of a man-made construct. And I, this time it was a, just a little sad because it was really dry. There was literally just a, a puddle of water in this whole reservoir. And I hiked over to it, and I... I guess I blessed the water. I thanked the water for what it does for us, this little pool, little puddle of water. 
and I expressed gratitude and I felt a oneness with it. And I respectfully talked to the water elementals and I, and I said, you know, we need more of you. We really, we really could use some of your buddies to come here. And it was really dry here and we needed the snowpack and all of that. And I went on and I had a great hike and whatnot. And the next morning I woke up to the first real snow in central Oregon of the season. Now, coincidence? Maybe. Did I channel in a miracle? Maybe. Maybe it was that. Now, our cultural belief system will tell us that that's not very rational, right? It'll, 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 it'll trigger the ego part of us, the little personality part of us, to start to question, gosh, if I talk about this, maybe someone will think I'm nuts. Maybe they won't like me. Maybe I'll embarrass myself. Well, embarrassed, humiliated, been there, done that, still standing, you know, aren't most of us? That whole, that whole day had an added layer of richness and enchantment in the snow because of my experience of playing with the elementals and that whole concept. So added richness, added loveliness, what could possibly be wrong with that? Those concerns of am I, am I, am I being irrational Is someone going to think it's a little crazy? Those are the concerns that keep us small and that keep us from being at a level of being open to miracles. The key here is vision and not just sight. I have one more bit of a story. Jacques Lucerin was born in 1921 in Paris, and at eight years old, he had an accident that left him blind. At 17 years old, still blind, he formed a, a resistance group to take on the Nazi um, control of, of um, the Nazi occupying France. And it's said that he used his heightened senses to be able to pick exactly the right recruits for that resistance movement. He eventually wound up getting caught. He was taken to a concentration camp. He survived that, and he wrote a book that is highly regarded in spiritual realms. It's called And There Was Light. And I want to read how he describes how he went about navigating his way among other life forms after he was blinded. And he says, It's more than seeing them. It is tuning in on them and allowing the current they hold to connect with one's own like electricity. It means the end of living in front of things and a beginning of living with them. And famed Buddhist Jack Cornfield noted that enlightenment is actually an intimacy with all things. The lens we choose to view the events of our lives affect our experience more than the events themselves. We can choose the kingdom of heaven. We can choose a magical kingdom. We can choose a world of infinite possibility. That is within our power. Why not live fully with life rather than just in front of it? So I ask you in closing, what miracles are you going to notice and allow and receive today? Thank you. When I was
was a boy, when I was a boy. <laughs> Thank you. That's fantastic. When I was a boy each week, on Sunday we would go to church and pay attention to the priest. He would read the holy word and consecrate the holy bread and everyone would kneel and bow. Today the only difference is everything is holy now. Everything, everything, everything is holy now. When I was in Sunday school, we would learn about the time Moses split the sea in two. Jesus made the water wine. And I remember feeling sad that miracles don't happen still. But now I can't keep track because everything's a miracle. Everything, everything, everything's a miracle. Wine from water is not so small but an even better magic trick is that anything is here at all so the challenging thing becomes not to look for miracles but finding where there isn't Second rate hand me down, but I walk it with a reverend and Cause everything is holy now. Everything, everything, everything is holy now. Ooh. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. Please sing with us. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. Everything is holy now. questioning child's face and say it's not a testament that'd be very hard to say see another new morning come and say it's not a sacrament I tell you that it can't be This morning outside I stood and saw a little red-winged bird 
shining like a burning bush and singing like a scripture verse. It made me want to bow my head. I remember when church let out, how things have changed since then. Everything is holy now. Used to be a world half there, heaven second rate, hand me down. But I'm walking with a reverend air, cause everything is holy now. Sing with us. Everything is holy now. 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 Everything. Everything, everything is holy now. Mm, everything is holy I cannot listen to that song without crying. <laughs> it, I just feel so full. Like the, the tears aren't tears of sorrow. They're tears of fullness, just that energy of spirit just flowing over and out. And that's what this community is all about. And Sylvia, your talk was, wasn't that brilliant? I just, <laughs> and I just, I just feel, I feel so proud, not just of Sylvia, but that we are creating this spiritual community where people can, can grow, when, where they can awaken and unfold to the fullness of who they are. And, and Sylvia is, is just such a beautiful example of that. And she's not the only one that is available for every single one of us. So right now is our opportunity to give back to this community. And, and I would encourage you to think about, as you text your donations or however you want to donate, think about we are creating a container for people to grow into the fullness of who they are. And that is a blessing for all of us. The more of us that awaken and discover the miracle-mindedness that we can walk through life with, the more we engender change in this world for the good. So make your offering now. Let's go into a space of gratitude and focus on that truth. Gratitude in my soul. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. 
I just wanna say thank you for it all. I got gratitude in my soul. I just wanna say thank you, thank you. I just wanna say thank you, thank you. I just wanna say thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. makes me so happy. <laughs> Let's say our affirmation to bless our gifts together with that feeling of happiness and gratitude. We have a different affirmation for <laughs> after the offering. Here we go. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Mm. So we have a few announcements today. Um, One of them is our annual meeting on February 21st at 1130. one of them is tomorrow at from 5.30 to 7, I'm beginning a class, Resilient You. And so this is, if you want to get yourself out of a funk that you feel stuck in, this is tapping into your own resilience, using the, the powers that are there for the taking, if we just recognize them. So you might want to take it for that reason. You might want to take it more like you would take a vaccine on the highest level, or you would eat healthy food, you might want to do it as a preventative to make sure that you are keeping yourself in shape spiritually so that you don't fall prey to the ravages that are out there apparently, but you keep your spiritual focus strong. So if any of those appeal to you, just go to our calendar and register for the class. And if money is an object, just talk to me about it. I'm happy to give you a scholarship. So I just, I just want to see our community strong and moving, moving forward into the fullness of who each of us and we as a community can be. Um, also, I want to let you know that Grandma's house, do you remember um, when Woody was here in December speaking with me, um, or January, I can't remember now when it was, but about Grandma's house, we were able to gift Grandma's house $599 for our Q4 community tithe. So thank you to all of you for that. And... um, I already told you about this starting this Wednesday is that group for LGBTQ 
um, identified middle schoolers or questioning. And Anna Thedford, who is one of our members, is overseeing that group. It's her interns that are actually running it. But they're, they're only room for six. So if you have somebody in your family or you know of somebody, please spread the word about that so that um, more of these kids can get the support that they need. And then we have a wonderful event that is happening. And our friend Greg Warnick, one of our members, is here with us today. And he's going to share about that event. Thanks, Jeannie. Uh, uh, next, next Sunday is Valentine's, but it's also the 19th annual World Sound Healing Day. And there will be over 50 presenters from all around the world in all different languages on February 14th. And on behalf of Unity, we're going to be presenting something from 3 to 5 in the afternoon next Sunday. Uh, Dave Finch is going to join us, Donna Benjamin, uh, Alicia Diaz, Marie Soleil, Julie Southwell, who's an amazing musician, uh, violinist and, and uh, singer. Uh, as well, if you saw Ananda a, co- Ananda a couple of weeks ago, he's back here, and we touch base, and he's going to be coming in and joining us. And a special guest named Kelsey, who's been singing with us lately on Friday evenings, is going to offer a couple of songs. So I think it's going to be a, a really full, rich uh, two hours, and you're invited to come in and out as you wish. And it's from 3 to 5, and we'll post the information on the website and the other other media one thing I've learned through this whole Zoom era is spirit doesn't have any barriers. And I'm sure we're seeing that today, and I, I hope those feelings will flow through. I know they will next uh, Sunday. So please join us. It's absolutely free, and we'll be joining 50 other presenter, presenters all around the world. So the goal of the goal – no, we're going to do it live. We'll do it live here, and we want to thank Kevin, who's volunteered to come in amazingly, of course. And the goal of the World Sound Healing Day is basically three things. One, to heal the planet. Sound as a healing vibration to heal the planet, to heal the waters on the planet, and to raise the consciousness on the planet. So we will humbly be offering sound in its various form. Our offering is called Song and Mantra for Healing and Peace. So please join us next Sunday from 3 to 5. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for putting that together. It's a great honor. Thank you. Yeah. Right. The five love languages is for everybody. So um, we're going to end with the prayer of protection, and then we have one final song to surprise you that will just wrap this whole evening. So. Let's say the prayer of protection together. From the light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is because I am. It's not that unusual 
everything is beautiful it's just another ordinary miracle today the sky knows when it's time to snow don't need to teach a seed to grow it's just another That things just work out after all It's just another ordinary miracle today Sun comes up and shines so bright It disappears again at night It's just another ordinary 